Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with me. Thank you so much for joining. We are being joined right now by a returning guest, somebody we haven't had on for a long time. Jack Windsor is joining me. Jack is very well known throughout Ohio for the amazing work that he does when it comes to media. He's one of the good guys in the media. So I, I love to always have Jack on the phone. He's the editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. He is an investigative reporter. He also is a state house reporter. He also he hosts a program, WHK 14. 20, talking smack with Bob and Jack, and also has another one that's called Saving Liberty. Jack, so great to have you with us again. Molly, thank you for having me. It's always an honor to be here with you and the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And folks, if you want to see Jack in action, you can always go to our website, Bringing America Back to Life Convention, or just, it's actually bringingamericabacktolife.org. And Jack was one of our presenters a couple of years back and did an amazing job of just fantastic, just laying out how and why he does what he does. And I, I just think, it, Jack, it's one of my favorite presentations that was made because you really did show people that it's very, very important to have media reporters there with integrity, and you certainly do have that. So thank you for all you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Jack, right now, my goodness, here we've just come through a very, very knockdown, drag-out fight over the abortion amendment that unfortunately passed in Ohio. We had all kinds of accolades and kudos going to Governor DeWine because he got very involved in this. And I have to say, at the time, I was saying to people, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised he's getting so involved. And sure enough, he did. And I'm not taking that away from him for one minute. He really you know, went all out to try to help to, to defeat the amendment. And not even eight weeks later, here he is back to his usual tricks. Tell us what is going on. We've got the most egregious thing happening right now with yeah. Governor DeWine. Well, let me, if, I'm, if I may, I want to step back through issue one. And I know that a lot of people were excited because Mike DeWine and Fran DeWine were on TV saying issue one goes just too far. But I also want to point out, um, it was very clear uh, to me and, and, and some observers that his doing that was a day late and a dollar short. Early voting started in Ohio. Uh, messaging started very early. Um, and post-election uh, numbers show us that most people had already made up their mind by the time that Mike DeWine took the stage, so to speak. So he did come out and he did support it. But I always point out that during COVID, 
he was on TV every day. And during the time that he was delivering really a vanilla message to me, I remember thinking, why are we, you know, if you, if you did a daily conference during COVID because you wanted to save lives, why aren't you doing a daily conference now where you unpack all the lies that are being told by the proponents of issue one and that are being carried forward by members of the press. And he didn't do that. So I, I'm still, I'm still disappointed in Mike DeWine. Sometimes I think he does stuff and it is political theater. So fast forward to where we are today. Um, Gary click put together house bill 68, three years in the, in the making and uh, house bill 68 does a couple of key things. It, um, prohibits the prescription of cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers to minors. It also prohibits doctors from performing uh, gender reassignment or what I call gender mutilation surgery on minors who are struggling with gender dysphoria or worse, who um, have caught the social contagion of the trendiness of the trans activism movement. And it might just be gender confused. The bill also contains the Save Women's Sports Act, which bars men from competing in women's sports and from sharing locker rooms, bathrooms, and other private spaces. So the Ohio House passed the bill with a supermajority, meaning over 60 votes, and the Senate passed the bill with a supermajority, over 20 votes. And then it went over to Governor Mike DeWine, and he had he has 10 days uh, to consider and then make a decision on a bill. If he doesn't do anything after 10 days, the bill becomes law. Well, on the 10th day, hours before he was required to weigh in or not weigh in and let the bill pass, he vetoed the bill. And he gave several reasons. Um, number one, he said that he talked with hospitals and families who said if it were not for what they call gender-affirming care, then the kid would not be alive. And he also said, well, you know, but I do oppose these gender reassignment surgeries. I don't know how much data we have, if any, that shows us what type of uh, care is given to people under this umbrella of gender-affirming care and what that looks like. And oh, by the way, I want to make sure that we're not uh, permitting what what he called fly-by-night uh operations where drugs or you know procedures are done by these companies that are shoddy, whether on minors or on adults. And so he vetoed the bill. And, and I'll pause right there because there's a lot. Yeah, no <laughs> but, kidding. But so, yeah. Uh, and then, and actually, I might, I might say this. And so then the backlash was immediate. Yep. Uh, President Trump, former President Trump said, I'm done with Mike DeWine. Uh, he's a liberal leftist. He's you know, basically bowed to the woke mob. Um, and every executive office holder, uh, secretary of state, um, uh, treasurer, attorney general, even even the uh, lieutenant governor opposed DeWine um, vetoing the bill. Uh, state senator, uh, excuse me, U.S. Senator J.D. Vance opposed it. And, and so on down the line. And, and DeWine truly became um, a cry yeah. nationally yeah. for parents and conservatives going, what in the world is going on? So he came out last Friday. This is, I'll wrap it up here. He came out last Friday and said, look, um, I am going to issue an executive order that, that prohibits uh, minors from receiving these gender reassignment surgeries. And then he said that he was going to issue some rules that the public could comment on about gathering data and about prohibiting these fly-by-night operations. But <clears throat> some people are, and, and I tend to be in this camp, 
uh, kind of leaving my role as a reporter here and giving you my my opinion. I believe that Mike DeWine did that because he realizes that the General Assembly is poised to override his veto, and he wanted to give Republicans something. So he gave them the gender reassignment surgery. However, puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, which evidence show are very dangerous still to a developing minor, um, are still on the table. And there are a lot of Republicans who are not very happy about that. Absolutely. And I have heard from, from several, um, uh, from, from some of the contacts that I have, both in the Senate and in the House, that, um, this, uh, uh, what they are hearing is this, this veto, they will override it because it is so unpopular. People mm-hmm. are so upset about it. But there again, we have no clue what, what, uh, Governor DeWine's going to do. He, uh, he is, I think he did not realize the backlash that was coming, or he did, but he'd already made a, a political, uh, you know, assessment and said, "Okay, well, I can ride this one out." Why, you know, I, I, I'm the more I, I was reading your two articles this morning, um, and, and honestly, Jack, the the more I read, the madder I got. <laughs> I was just like, yes. I cannot believe this man. Yeah. You know, you, you brought up, you brought up the whole issue of, of COVID. That was when actually we unendorsed uh, Governor DeWine when he was running. We unendorsed him. Right to Life Action Coalition, Cleveland Right to Life. Unendorsed the man because of what he was doing, allowing abortion facilities to stay open when he shut down the whole state except abortion facilities. Yeah, so Mike DeWine has a really interesting past with respect to COVID. I mean, remember that his right-hand doctor um, was yep. a pro-abortionist yep. and someone who really got it wrong. Um, I think got it very, very wrong. And I think he tried to protect her and shelter her as much as he could. And, and ultimately, she ended up, you know, leaving. Um, but I think she was forced out. But it, interestingly enough, he tried to replace her with another abortionist. Yes. And that time, the state Senate said, you got us with Amy Acton. We approved her 32 to nothing, but we're not going to approve her replacement. And so um, I think that proposed replacement got the message and then she withdrew uh, her application and and the press made it look like, oh, Dr. Acton was treated so poorly that this doctor didn't want to come to a hot. That wasn't the case. It was that the Senate was not going to approve her. Um, But here's here. I don't know where Mike DeWine is. I can tell you that he he truly believes in the, quote, experts of the medical industrial complex that got him in trouble with covid. And that sure is getting him in trouble here. some people think that he is beholden to the medical industrial complex and big pharma. Um, I tend to believe that he is, yeah, <laughs> but I to also believe he is too. <laughs> yeah. I also believe this. I, I talked to his, one of his former senior advisors and the conversation went like this. I don't know why he did it. It was a layup. And I said, well, here's why I think he did it. And the response was, well, I think Mike DeWine is old. I think Mike DeWine is disconnected from the population. Mm -hmm. I don't think he understands the issue. I think he thinks that it's going to affect five people. He doesn't understand the activism and the social contagion part of it. And my comment back was, well, whether he understands it or he doesn't, he should. He's the governor of the state of Ohio. And if you're not able to comprehend the magnitude of what's going on, then why are you overriding your legislature? They make laws. Mm-hmm. They're elected by Ohioans. And according to their vote, 
a supermajority of Ohioans support this bill. And Mike DeWine, if you don't understand it, why are you vetoing? Exactly, exactly. And if and if it is oh if he is older and he's and he's uh, you know struggling a bit with keeping up and it's etc. You are absolutely right, Jack. Then he has no place to hold the the position he holds. This is absolutely atrocious that he would have done this. You know, as bad as leaving the 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 abortion facilities open during COVID. I mean, unbelievable unbelievably bad leadership as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, we, as we as we look at this, what do you think is going to be um the the result of all this. Do you, I mean he, there's going to be lots of pressure, and I have to I'm backing up a little bit on this on on what you just said. I believe 100 percent that the that the big pharma and, and the medical complexes are, are I've got them got a lot of these guys in their pockets or, or yep. people in their pockets because they have got so much money, so much money, and and they can dangle it over anybody. You know, um, money talks. And uh, other stuff walks, right? So uh, money is a, is a big issue. Um, but, you know, Mike DeWine has a problem. As soon as um, he vetoed the bill, there was footage released of a Cincinnati Children's Hospital doctor, uh, Dr. Connard. And she runs a clinic there. It is a, I don't know what you want to call it, a gender clinic, a transition care clinic, whatever misnomer you want to apply to it. And she is um, recorded on a Zoom call, I believe, talking with pediatricians. And I, I'm not going to repeat it verbatim because I don't remember word for word. But in essence, what she says is we can refer children uh, to care, to therapy, uh, if we believe that their anxiety is high enough or their depression is severe enough uh, w- without parental uh, notice, without parental involvement. So now... Um, not only are we um, uh, vetoing a bill that could do that doesn't could it's not that it could that that creates lifelong changes in a minor child. We now have evidence that at least one hospital is saying we don't even have to consult with parents to start the process. Um, Mike DeWine has a problem, and I think that um, Republicans in the House have a problem, and the problem is they have a primary coming up. In a few months. Mm -hmm. And if they want to maintain office, I think they must override the veto. If they don't override the veto, I I don't think that they understand the backlash that is coming from Ohio voters. Yep. Yep. I absolutely agree with you, Jack. And I think um, this is incredibly serious. uh, This could be something on which Ohio loses. Uh, you know the the governorship, everything. I mean, I think we we could see things go. People are really upset by this whole uh, agenda that's out there. When we see our children going into school systems that are, that are being that are pushing this stuff, when we see the hospitals pushing it, people are really upset about. It. I mean, I I get calls from from parents whose whose children have been pushed into this kind of stuff, and I, I mean, they are beside themselves. They're beside themselves. I'm sure you do the same thing. I mean, oh. It's yes, tragic. we get calls, yeah. messages. It is it is tragic, and and here's the challenge, right? Here here's the, the 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 gorilla in the room or the elephant in the room. No one wants to talk about. We we have seen through investigative reports of other reporters that this trans activism movement is really tied to big pharma. Yep, and it's really tied to to these hospital systems. You know, drug makers are funding this. 
activism and hospitals through the human rights coalition are essentially being graded. And if you are pushing and supporting this LGBTQ plus activism and trans care, then you get rewarded. If not, you get penalized. And so the whole system is really kind of rigged and backed by the people who are set to make money when we sacrifice our kids at the altar of big pharma and the medical industrial complex. Absolutely. And I noticed in your article, I mean, you have you have the figures there, five billion with a B, folks, five billion dollar industry here that we're talking about. Yes. And, I, you know, I've said on, on my, one of my radio shows that I would have had uh, a little more respect if Mike DeWine had come out and said, look, I'm the governor for all people. And my job is to not only protect people, but to promote an economy. And this is a $5 billion business. And I want to keep the revenue streams for our <laughs> drug companies and our hospitals open. Therefore, I'm going to veto this bill. I would have had respect for that because at least he's he's exercising integrity. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm laughing when, because can you ever imagine him doing something like that? <laughs> no, he doesn't have the gall to do yeah. it. He, he 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 is a tyrant behind closed doors. He's yeah. I've understood stood that he's a vicious, vengeful person to people who don't agree with him, which is why I was barred from his press you, conferences. You want, Jack, absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to be on that list, Molly. I really am, because the role of a fourth estate is to uh, speak truth to power. That's right. And there's not enough of that going on in the state of Ohio. And I got heartburn over the weekend reading some of the major publications and major newspapers who continue to call this um, uh, care, gender-affirming care. It doesn't affirm gender, and it's not care. And by the way... If you don't support it, you are radical, right? Yeah. And you're bullying trans kids. And, and I'm going to, this is the last thing I'll say about this possibly, um, depending on how much longer you want to talk. But I've compared the way that the trans community utilizes kids. And I even called Mike DeWine out for this. They do the same thing with kids that Hamas terrorists do with kids and women. If you look at where Hamas terrorists store their weapons, schools, hospitals, right? And then if you come against them, they're the first to bang the drum and go, they're killing our innocent kids. They're killing our women. And you go, well, then why are you burying your arsenal below those places? You are using them as a shield. And so when when Mike DeWine comes out and says, if it were not for these things, these kids would have died. I say, you are using kids as a shield to protect the terrorist activity of the medical industrial complex and big pharma. Absolutely. You're absolutely great. Jack, that's one of the most profound analogies I've ever heard. That is so true. That is absolutely true. We are, we, you know, we think people in, in, in other countries where this is all happening and these wars are going on, we think, oh my gosh, thank goodness we're not there. It's even worse because exactly with what you've just said. It's worse because it's so, it's sublime. It's, you know, oh my goodness gracious me. And you know what's worse about it, Molly, is that I believe that there are two groups of people on issues like this. There's a handful of nefarious people who know what they're doing and they're fine with it um, because they're driven by greed, pride, arrogance, power, whatever. But there are also what I call useful idiots. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure I'm a useful idiot or have been in certain areas. And the useful idiots go, well, I want to protect kids. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't want a kid to commit suicide who is, is struggling with gender dysphoria. Well, you know, shame on the people putting that information forward. It's never been proven. In fact, there's evidence to support that suicide goes up when you transition kids, which is why Sweden and, and other places over the pond have, have 
slam the brakes on providing this type of care to minors. And so there are useful idiots who go, but I want to protect. And and I think this is, we've got to protect. No, you need to get educated. You need to get information and you need to make decisions that truly protect kids. Don't buy into the terrorist messaging that is truly sacrificing our kids. Absolutely. And, and I've heard from several people, you know, both in the school systems and, and in, and in the legislature who've said some of, some of the parents that are, that are getting involved in all of this, um, pushing their children into the trans uh, uh, business and the trans lifestyle. There, some of these, the parents are at fault as well. So that we've, you know, going, listening to somebody to, that, ha, that has got some issues themselves, that, that's another whole issue that we've got to deal with. So, I mean, I don't know. There's another whole portion that I'd really like for you to comment on. And that is the, 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 the fact that Mike DeWine did not address, not for one single word, the, the fact that these trans children, uh, males can play in, in female games. I mean, wow. So listen, Mike DeWine, this is why I think this is a dog and pony show for Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine had a chance to uh, sign a bill that had the Save Women's Sports Act, and he didn't. And in fact, he went around that bill and created, I believe it was an executive order that would have allowed for the name information or excuse me, name, image and likeness of college athletes to be used. So basically um, the NIL stuff was tied in with the Save Women's Sports Act. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'll come over here and do an executive order that allows our college athletes to, to get paid and make money. Mike DeWine told us what he thinks about men and women's sports. We just chose to ignore it then. Yeah. Uh, Mike DeWine does not either believe that it is an issue, and uh, you only need to talk to Riley Gaines. I had the honor and privilege of doing that to know that it is an issue. As the father of two school-aged girls, I'm repulsed mm-hmm. by his ignorance on this issue, and I am disturbed by the fact that for 50 years we celebrated Title IX and what that meant to women exactly. and what it meant to their right to achieve, their right to compete, and their right to privacy. And he doesn't give a rip about it. And it's disgusting. Absolutely. Could not agree with you more, Jack. And I think this is, this is the, you know, where we've ended up now with, with a, with a, a man who's been in politics his whole life. His whole life he's been in politics. This is a problem. I do feel that this is a problem for any, you can stay in something for way too long. It's time, it's time for him to be gone. What do you think is, um, uh, the future for uh, for the Ohio um, legislature, if if they do not pass this bill, I mean we've we've said that they did in the water, and we've agreed all, on all of that. Do do you think that they that they will? Let me let me put it that. I do believe that they will. Well, so there are a few people that I'm concerned about. Gail Manning is one. Uh, she is beholden to teacher unions, uh, and, and I think Bill Seitz is another. Uh, he is beholden to the medical complex money. Yeah. Uh, there are some people like, I might say, Gail Pavliga. I might say Andrea White, um, who, who may be on the fence on this, um, but I think they have to pass it. And my understanding is, as of today, they have the votes to do it. They are going to do it on the 10th, which is Wednesday. And I believe the Senate is going to do it on the 24th. Yes. Yes. That's what I heard too. Yeah. So yeah, I think they're going to do it. But Molly, here's, here's the bigger challenge that legislators have. Here's the bigger challenge that you have. Here's the biggest challenge that I have. Our lawmakers can make laws, but our constitution is being pillaged. Our constitution Mm -hmm. is having things hung on it that we would never accept that would never pass in the legislature, but because with 50% plus one vote, um, radical 
leftists can pour 20 to $30 million into the state of Ohio. They can craft a compelling message. They sell the sizzle. They tell you that it's something that it's not. And of course, the press carries the water for these folks. And so the average Ohioan who doesn't dig in, you and I are inside baseball. Absolutely. We live here. The average Ohioan doesn't. So when they hear that issue one protects a woman's right to choose, they believe it. It's false, but they believe it. When they hear that politicians should not be manufacturing gerrymandered maps, they believe it. Well, that's not the case because what they really want to do is take away the commission that is elected, that makes wise decisions. They want to replace it with a citizen panel, which, by the way, will consist of lefties. And so we have a huge problem, and that is our Constitution is wide open. And it it feels like we are turning into California, that that instead of lawmaking, it's going to be Constitution changing. And I'm concerned that Ohio five years from now will not be recognizable unless we wake up to it. I agree with you. Unless people start getting informed, know what they're doing, dig past the television ads and the glossy things that that are being thrown at you. Go and do the homework and listen to shows like Jack's and mine and so that we can get the information out there. Jack Windsor, thank you so much for all you do. God bless you lots. I really appreciate the fact that we have a Jack Windsor in Ohio. God bless you. God bless you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. Okay, bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest. <laughs> 